0: Welcome to this week's edition of Flashback Friday, your opportunity to get some good review by listening to episodes from the past that Jason has hand-picked to help you today in
1: the present and propel you into the future. Enjoy.
2: Welcome to the Holistic Survival Show with Jason Hartman. The economic storm brewing around the world is set to spill into all aspects of our lives. Are you prepared? Where are you going to turn for the critical life skills necessary to survive and prosper? The Holistic Survival Show is your family's insurance for a better life. Jason will teach you to think independently, to understand threats, and how to create the ultimate action plan. Sudden change or worst-case scenario, you'll be ready. Welcome to Holistic Survival, your key resource for protecting the people, places, and profits you care about in uncertain times. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Jason Hartman.
1: Welcome to the Holistic Survival Show. This is your host, Jason Hartman, and this is show number 27. Today, we're going to talk to Stephen Greenhut, who's the author of Plunder. And I tell you, it is just amazing what is going on in big unions, big government, and the massive abuses that are taking place nowadays. It is nothing less than despicable. USA Today article I'm holding in my hand talks about how federal workers are earning double their private counterparts. This whole thing is coming to an end, and it's coming to an end fast because people are outraged and you should be outraged too. It is a total abuse of your tax dollars, of the public treasury, and it has got to stop. Check this out. Federal compensation has grown 36.9% since the year 2000 after adjusting for inflation compared with only 8.8% for private workers. And we see the businesses in this country, the small businesses. And when I talk about big business, big business is just part of the government bureaucracy, really. I mean, big businesses purchase the government, they get favorable regulations to limit competition written for them through their lobbyists, and Main Street, the small businesses, the backbone of this country, are getting taken advantage of at every level. It is totally ridiculous that they cannot keep up with government spending and government taxing and government regulations, and they can't afford to fight it. They can't hire lobbyists to do all this stuff that the big companies can do. And really looking back in history, you can think Thank John F. Kennedy in 1962, I believe it was, who allowed federal workers to unionize, and then Jerry Brown in California in the 70s, who allowed the state workers to unionize. Double check my history on that if you want. Those are some fairly loose statistics there but it's just unbelievable these abuses in this article in usa today it shows compensation for the federal civilian the state and local government and private and it shows salary and benefits so the federal civilian get this is earning a whopping $81,258 and they've got another $41,791 in benefits totally disgusting for a total of $123,000. The state and local government person is earning $53,000 in change, another six, uh, well, basically $17,000 in benefits for a total of basically 70 grand a year. Well, the person who is the real backbone of America in private enterprise is earning $50,462 only 10589 in benefits for a total of $61,000. People are totally outraged. This is coming to an end. So don't think you're going to be jumping to some federal job and have it easy because people are just fed up in this country. They are totally fed up. And I hope you are. And I hope you're talking to people about it. I hope you're talking about it on the social media, Twitter, Facebook, etc. Because for those who aren't paying attention, it is our duty to bring it to their attention. So we'll go to the interview here. I hope you enjoyed that last Last show, number 26, which was with Robert Higgs, who talked about neither liberty nor safety, fear, ideology, and the growth of government. It's along the lines of the same subject, and we've got a bunch of good shows coming up for you here. I know we've been producing shows more slowly of late, but we've recorded a few great ones, and they're coming up soon, so watch for those. Make sure you tell your friends about the Holistic Survival Show. And if you're interested in the financial component of Holistic Survival, remember, we're all about protecting the people, places, and profits you care about. About in uncertain times here we'll cover people and places profits on the financial side check out my other shows on that the financial freedom report the creating wealth show that's the biggie the speed of money show and if you're a first responder if you're police fire or emergency medical people check out our heroic investing show and younger people check out the young wealth show for learning how to get a good financial start in life and those are all on itunes they're all on their respective websites jasonhartman.com links to all of them them, so does HolisticSurvival.com. So check all those out. They're all free. They're all there for your benefit. Spread the word about all the shows. And we will be back with the interview right after this, where we will talk to Stephen Greenhut after this quick message.
0: What's great about the shows you'll find on JasonHartman.com is that if you want to learn how to finance your next big real estate deal, there's a show for that. If you want to learn more about food storage and the best way to keep those onions from smelling up everything else, there's a show for that. If you honestly want to know more about business ethics, there's a show for that. And if you just want to get away from it all and need to know something about world travel, there's even a show for that. Yep, there's a show for just about anything. Only from JasonHartman.com or type in Jason Hartman in the iTunes store.
1: My pleasure to welcome Stephen Greenhut to the show. He is the author of Plunder, How Public Employee Unions Are Raiding Treasuries, Controlling Our Lives, and Bankrupting the Nation. This is a scary topic. It's all too true, and it's all too timely with what has gone on in Bell, California recently, where plunder is the name of the game. Stephen, welcome.
3: Oh, thanks for having me.
1: So what's going on in the world of these rotten politicians stealing all the money from the public treasury and the unions? And it seems like we have these sort of iron triangles, if you will, where... All of these interests are just protecting each other, and we no longer really have a government of the people and by the people anymore, do we? Well, it's certainly
3: uh, you know one thing I find, uh, a lot of the plundering has been going on at the city level and the uh, municipal level, and we see that. City of Bell, I mean, you have a, uh, a city manager who's Total compensation package just like one point five million dollars. His salary was almost eight hundred thousand dollars. His pension is estimated to be worth about thirty million dollars. What I find hilarious is that he got he got more than about six months of of leave a year, so he wasn't even there for most of the time. So it's just it is plundering, and that's it. Just seems like almost downright thievery, and this went on for a long time. And and one of the points I I make in the book, and I like to talk about, is how just what you said, how how these interests just seem to protect each other. and most of what goes on on city, city business, by the time it gets to the public hearing, but by the time the, the public's there watching and few people even pay any attention in the cities uh, we, we all live in, most of the main decisions have already been made and the fix has been in. And uh, I, I give one story in, in the book uh, took place up in uh, Fullerton Uh, in Orange County, California, but it's just so similar of of what happens everywhere, just how this massive pension increase was moving forward, and it was all done quietly, legally of course, but, but quietly. The public wasn't informed about what was going on. The city staff was negotiating with the unions, and of course the city staff that was negotiating with the unions stood to benefit from that massive pension increase themselves because they're members of the of the union. And most of the politicians were in favor of it because of the strong support they got from the unions. So they put together this deal in closed session because the the, the state's open records law um, mandates that salary and type issues are, are done in closed session. So the public didn't know what was going on. And, and they're supposed to tell the public, the politicians are supposed to tell the public at least the nature of the closed session discussions, but you would never know by looking at the agenda item that was publicized what the heck was
1: going on. How do they hide this? What do they say on the agenda, Steve?
3: Well, you know, I, I forget exactly what was on that agenda, but they say things like memorandum of understanding number one, two, three, four, or something, you know, something like that. You would never have any idea what was going on. I mean, I saw this a lot. My first book was on eminent domain abuse, and a lot of these, uh, these big plans that are pushed forward that in plain English mean that the city is going to take the property and bulldoze a neighborhood and give it to a big developer to build a series of chain stores or an auto mall. What they send to the public is, is you would never get that. You need to be a lawyer to even have some idea of what they're talking about. So so what happens is municipalities follow the letter of the law. They send out the appropriate notices at the appropriate time, but they do everything they can to obscure the the reality of the subject of what they're doing, and I, I did one column uh, for my old employer, the Orange County Register, where I took the letter that was sent by the city of Garden Grove, also in, in Orange County, California, to a neighborhood, members of a, people who lived in a neighborhood that was being targeted for uh, eminent domain uh, to Put a, the city officials wanted to put a theme park on this very r- relatively nice middle-class neighborhood because they were seeking uh, tax revenue. So the city pretty much was uh, working quietly. And then they sent this letter. They have to follow the, the law that, that requires the notification of people living there. But but the letter was, it was just jargon. There's no, it was almost like, oh, congratulations, we're uh, doing this sort of thing in your neighborhood. And you, you needed to know, you needed the inside story uh, about what was going on. And unless there's a politician Who's willing to stand up for the public? The average person just really gets bulldozed in the process, and this process is is such as you point out, where the, the interested parties seem to manipulate it for their own uh, own personal gain often. And we see that with the unions. I see it with the police and fire unions are notorious. They champion themselves as heroes, and the public likes to you know think highly of. Of police and firefighters, but often they champion themselves in a way that, that leads to financial gain, and they use they use that. I've seen uh, unions uh, use uh, the nine eleven tragedy as a way to really shut up discussion about their own pay and benefit packages, which are quite extreme in many cases.
1: Well, well, don't are you saying, Steve? Are you really making the statement then that police and firefighters don't deserve two hundred thousand plus dollars per year and pensions for ninety percent of their income at age fifty? <laughs>
3: I, I think I could go out on a limb and say that you know I was talking to. Uh, this is one of the interesting things where, in, in some of these uh, subjects such as pensions and, and pay, and uh, the eminent domain issues, is another one where where there there's really are there really are places for for agreement among people with wildly different political viewpoints. I'm not I'm not a Republican partisan. I'm a, I'm a libertarian. I believe in limited government. But I also, I find that I, I for, for instance, on the pension issue, I've been dealing with some folks out in San Francisco, the real, real true liberals who understand the degree to which, you know, in one case, they were pointing out a $500,000 pay and benefit package for a police officer who's not even the police chief, how these sorts of enrichment schemes are, are really obliterating the programs they, they care about. And the way I see it is we can argue over what the ideal size of government should be at a later date, but we can agree, uh, find common ground. Now, I've never been a big fan of these uh, kumbaya sessions where you sit down with someone who you don't agree with on anything and you try to come up with some common ground that really isn't common ground, right? You just you just lowest common denominator and you try to have, uh, but, but, but you can often find real common ground with people who disagree on, on the eminent domain issue. I mean, I, I remember uh, being at a conference where I spoke, where Maxine Waters, a very liberal uh, congresswoman from South LA, uh, where she she's great on that issue. You make you make common ground with people wherever wherever you can, and uh, on these issues, I think there, there's there's room room for it because you know going back to what you said, there. There have been a lot of folks in power have manipulated the system for their own benefit, and Bell is the most ridiculous example. It seems clear that the officials there—it's all allegations—we're seeing, but it looks like they may have conspired to keep the public in the dark, and they may have committed crimes in doing so. But often, no crimes or alleged crimes are committed, and people in power just—they just, just try to keep the issue out of the public view and benefits themselves.
1: Yeah, it's really unfortunate, and it is amazing that these conflicts of interest can exist, Steve. There are all these ethics laws and so forth, but they just don't work because people always find a way around them. They find a way to skirt the issue, don't they?
3: That's it. I mean, when, I think we're becoming a, uh, a nation where we, we have more and more rules and laws, and yet when you think about it, and, and well, there's no question about that, but we've reached such so many, we've such a point, and yet it, it, it almost has the opposite effect. Because uh, the people who are not going to uh, follow the law, it's easier almost for them in in this sort of system. And and then all these rules end up entrapping uh, regular people who make honest mistakes so I, I'm really disturbed by that area, aspect of our society and how we seem to be going down down that, that road
1: Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you I mean, it's so naive that people actually believe that the government will protect us from these self-interested iron triangles It is so far detached that there's this sort of elite class in media government, unions, etc that is just sort of plundering That's the perfect title. They're just taking from the public treasury over and over again and when it comes to the issue of the pension side of it. Steve, we have this tsunami of pensions. The state of California is basically insolvent for all practical purposes. I don't know if a Chapter 9 bankruptcy is coming or if an Obama bailout is coming. Print more fake money to buy votes, I guess. That seems to be the strategy in Washington.
3: Inflation would be the new tax to pay for it, I suppose.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and by the way, let me just expand on that. What you mean by the inflation tax is that the value of everybody's savings, stocks, bonds, home equity will just be attacked because those those dollars will become progressively worthless, and that's a very dangerous thing. But what's going to happen to the state of California? You know, since your since your focus is really on local government, you're you're in Sacramento, and you've done a lot of work here for the Orange County Register. I'm in Orange County. What do you think's the outcome here?
3: Yeah, that's a, that's a hard one uh, to see. Where I mean, I'm good at pointing to the problems now the st- states can't go bankrupt but they can become essentially bankrupt go into insolvency and as you point out correctly the state really is in de facto bankruptcy the stanford university report found that the unfunded pension liabilities which is the debt is is 500 billion dollars with a b i mean that's that's an incredible amount of money so the unions have been attacking that study well okay even the the conservative estimate says it's 300 billion dollars i mean it's still an enormous amount of debt that we can't possibly pay for the state as a structural budget deficit of about 19 billion dollars and the states democrats want to just keep raising taxes which is you know just going to chase businesses out of state and, and so it, it's an absolute mess and uh, yeah I, I don't know what happens and then at the fe- at the federal level yeah the Obama administration thinks we could just bail out everyone by borrowing more money so that's where I think maybe we'll get to, to the inflation I assume the bond markets essentially will, will will have to rein in some of the spending but in the, at the federal level I quote CEO of the federal Federal Reserve of Dallas, who had given a speech talking about just the, the Medicare and Social Security debt. And he said, if we want to be responsible citizens, let's just say we want to be responsible citizens and pay that off right now. And he, he said, OK, fine. It's Every man, woman and child write a check for $330,000 and send it to the federal treasury. So so it's impossible. How do we do that? I mean, what? how do we, how do we, we're at, we're at debt levels that are impossible to pay back.
1: No, they really are. And there's no way to work this out with productivity. I, I think the way it's going to be worked out is is just inflation. They're going to inflate the debt away. They're going to keep all the promises in in nominal dollars, but in real dollars, they'll be worthless. So people that get their social security checks in 10 years, you won't be able to buy a, a Big Mac with it. Probably, it's just really it's really a treacherous situation we find ourselves in. Well, talk to us more about the unions, if you would, some of the nuances of the way that this is just costing our society such a fortune.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's there's no question on the on the pension. Uh, and the benefit levels, the debt levels we have are uh, un- they're clearly unsustainable. And uh, even some uh, liberal Democrats like Willie Brown and Bill Lockyer, the treasurer, the chief actuary for CalPERS, the California Public Employee Retirement System, said it's unsustainable. So, so there's the first way. And it's it's not just pensions; it's the uh, healthcare liabilities. But but one of the one of the points I i, I like to make, or, or two points that are beyond beyond the financial issues as severe as they are, is. Um, One's an accountability issue. The unions have been able to protect their workers from uh, serious levels of of accountability, and I've seen that in dealing with bad deputies who abuse their power. I mean, how the the unions uh, seem to make it very difficult to bring justice to to uh, deputies and police who abuse their power. Impossible to fire a lot of these government workers. And I, I was on the uh, Stossel show, and we were talking about uh, L.A. Times uh, had done an investigative piece on uh, what it takes to fire bad teachers. And, and in the P, it was a series, it was an amazing series. Said They don't, the, the L.A. Unified, they don't even try, the officials, there don't even try to fire incompetent teachers. That's an impossibility. We're talking about trying to get rid of teachers credibly accused of sexual abuse and, and drug abuse and those sorts of things. And it could still take 7, 10, 12 years to get rid of them. They're put in these things called rubber rooms where they sit there all day and collect their full full checks. So that's a union system. That, that
1: is decides. unbelievable.
3: Yeah. So what So what was amazing was he, he showed me, we're, we're kind of laughing, the audience is laughing, he's showing this chart, this re- in small print of boxes and arrows showing how you get rid of uh, the disciplinary process and how you get rid of a bad teacher. And it goes on and on and on and on step one through many steps. And then we're all laughing because of all the many steps. And then he lets loose and there are four more pages that fall to the ground. So <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So the, the unions make it impossible to fire even the worst teachers. So, and the same thing I've seen it with deputies, abusive guards and deputies can't get rid of them. So, wow, that, that's a terrible thing that we've, we've created. And then the other cost. And, that, and that's a cost in public services, right? Because we can't reform the public services. We can't improve the school systems. We can't improve our policing if you can't get rid of bad actors. And then the other thing is a fairness issue. Well, we're creating a society, a two-tier society of the, of the rulers and the ruled, which is not what we're supposed to have in America. And and that's, that takes a toll, I think, on, on the kind of freedoms that we have. And we're creating a society of uh, not only of all these rules, but we're creating a, a society where we're getting used to being searched and examined and, and watched. I did a piece, a column recently, about how just go, going to a park to swim down the river, we had to get searched by the, the park ranger to make sure we didn't have any beer. And it's just, we've this is just, I think, a one of the biggest problems is the what kind of society are we creating
1: well we we've got all these draconian laws i mean you you mentioned the beer thing i remember when here in huntington beach and many beaches it was okay to have fires and drink beer and all of that kind of stuff and it seems like all these draconian laws have just been enacted and enacted for a few reasons number 1 so the government always has has something on everybody there are so many laws that we're all unintentionally breaking laws that we don't even know about. The old saying that I heard growing up is, ignorance of the law is no excuse. And that makes a lot of sense. But how can anyone be aware of all of these laws? If you are in business, it is impossible not to be breaking some law. Are your countertops the right height? Does your door have the right level of tension into the restroom? You know, It's just craziness.
3: You're exactly right, because you could at any time and that's one of the, the core ideas that our founders fought about, fought against. I mean, this idea that you can at any time be pulled over for any reason, and if you are pulled over or stopped or harassed or unlawful search anything. and seizure. Yeah, and and basically that's what's happening. We have so many rules, and it's impossible. Yeah, if you're a business owner, I don't know who in the right mind would start a business in the state. Not in California. Um, yeah, and it's bad elsewhere too. But but yeah, I know I know businesses who uh, you know they're subject to the AQMD Air Quality Management District. that are very um, odd. And their enforcement and and punitive uh, on even on things that are honest mistakes and we we did a series one of my my reporters at cal watchdog on about how carb the air resources board is putting people in jail for for really what amounts to honest regulatory mistakes and how can anybody know what all these regulations are so we're all just subject to the whims of the enforcement agents and and it's becoming i think it's that's a very troubling atmosphere it is eroding our freedom and what happens is that the li- liberals often expand all these laws you know they turn little things into environmental crimes but the then the conservatives always want more law enforcement so it kind of works hand in hand to this kind of ruling class thing where where we you know get it both ways and and one other thing i i saw you know the washington post did a big Uh, story about um, our our national security state and how, what's it called, called Top Secret America, a hidden world growing beyond control. And it just talks about the top secret world the government created in response to the attacks of September 11 has become so large, so unwieldy, and so secretive that no one knows how much money it costs, how many people it employs, and how many programs exist within it. So we've created this enormous government that can spy and and do anything it wants. And we, don't, we can't even tell you how many people work for it or what they do or what their powers are. And that doesn't seem like a limited government to me.
1: Couldn't agree more. Let me take a brief pause. We'll be back in just a minute
2: now's your opportunity to get the financial freedom report the financial freedom report provides financial self-defense in uncertain times and it's your source for innovative forward-thinking investment property strategies and advice get your newsletter subscription today you get a digital download and even more go to jasonhartman.com to get yours today
1: You mentioned the AQMD, and I just thought I'd bring this up because I had the pleasure to spend a day there several years ago when I was in a community group called Leadership Tomorrow, a nine-month program where you went through and saw all these different aspects of the community. Well, one of our days was at the AQMD, which, by the way, is in Diamond Bar. It has a gorgeous building, a beautiful office, and beautiful, I think, Herman Miller furniture, and and just, it was just gorgeous. I mean, it was like walking into the uh, the lobby of an expensive hotel.
3: I've been there. I, I lived in Diamond Bar, and we used to have, there were meetings there are different sort of community meetings in that building. It's, you're exactly right. Well, I,
1: I remember I asked our host who, who was showing us around the building, talking about what the AQMD does and all the good they do and how they make the air better and all this stuff. And I just asked this sort of innocent question. I said, this is really quite an operation you've got. It's a beautiful facility. Where does the revenue come from? And she proudly says, we do not accept, at least at the time this may have changed, we do not accept money from the government. We are funded by fining businesses.
0: Oh, great. And great. I
1: thought, oh, great. So so you're running the businesses out of the state by finding them. And, and and she would talk throughout the day about how they come in and look at the company's parking lot and how they had to make sure that if you drove your own car to work, it was very difficult to park. Only if you carpooled could you park in the good spots, and otherwise you had the bad spots. And it just, all this stuff seems well-intended in the beginning, and it just never works in practice.
3: just torments us. I do believe a lot of these folks that's that's their whole goal is just to, to torment us to to make us pay for um, our horrible consumer lifestyle or whatever it is you know they seem to think but i'm here i'm reading uh, you know just back on what we were talking about about the number of rules i just found this little this quotation from A- ayn rand's atlas shrugged
1: great book I'm not,
3: yeah, it, absolutely. And it says, uh, and here they quote one of, the, one of the bad guys, says, do you really think we want these laws observed? We want them to be broken. You'd better get it straight that it's not a bunch of Boy Scouts you're up against. We're after power and we mean it. There's no way to rule innocent men. The only power any government has is the power to crack down on criminals. Well, when there aren't enough criminals, one makes them, one declares so many things to be a crime that it becomes impossible for men to live without breaking Law so that's I, I think the kind of idea that, that we're starting to see that's that's
1: very troubling yeah it it, it sure is it, it really is troubling, Steve, I mean, what are we going to do about it? How, how will this problem ever how will we ever fix it? you know I,
3: I just I just don't know. I mean I, I we bet you know those of us who do you know like what you do, we do radio shows and we write, and you know it's such a strong, it's such a tough battle to get any sort of positive reform at all. And then the negative reforms, the negative things, seem to to come at us so quickly. I mean, I really don't know what you do except try to change the hearts and minds of to the public. And, and you know, I know people from uh, so, who who fled uh, Soviet society or Eastern Europe. Europe. Everyone there knew how bad things were and what a. a crummy system they had an unfree system and you know i think that's the start i'm not saying that our system is, is as bad as that so don't, don't it's not that it's, not that it's not that bad yet yeah, but we're, but we're moving in the wrong direction people have to start recognizing that maybe we're not as free as we think we are and and in the first step in restoring some of our freedoms that have been lost is to recognize how stupid the government is and how, how malicious it is and how dangerous it is, which is what the founders believed that, that their main fear, their their main threat was from their own government. That's why we created this system of checks and balances and, and all di- different sorts of systems that were put in place to protect our fundamental right.
1: It seems that we're really at a time when everybody is just looking out and they're voting just to get their free stuff. And as they vote to get their free stuff, and you do this collectively, everybody wants their little payout from government. But you mentioned earlier, Steve, that you can find common ground with people from both sides of the aisle. And, you know, I have heard Maxine Waters, who I disagree with vehemently, say one or two things that I actually agreed with her about from time to time. And pretty much everyone, it seems, on both sides of the aisle will agree that government is inefficient, it is riddled with corruption, and it's just bad at execution. And so what I say to them is just, why not just make government, government smaller. If you agree that there are all these problems with government, why would you want to expand that entity? And and the way to make it smaller is to cut off its money supply. You've just got to cut the money going to it. And that's why even people on the left... Will agree with that statement a lot of times that I just mentioned we should just vote for lower taxes. We just gotta that's stop you feeding the beast you know <laughs> that, I know that's why you lose them, but
3: yeah, no, no, I just figure like on small on a lot of small reforms yeah you I mean in a state like this, we've got to work with everybody, but you're exactly right. I mean, here you have people will agree you you you'll be talking with folks and they'll agree that yeah look at look at the d m v and look at our homeland security when I'm talking to the to the lefties i talk about look at how bush abused his power or look at you know all this yeah 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 okay why don't we just limit those powers then they have a problem but then then people on the right they agree about how how awful government is and how it's out of control and taxes are too high but yet they support unlimited government in terms of the national security state i'm like you know all these overseas endeavors are pretty expensive and they're not going to work any better than the great society worked. And then all this homeland security stuff, I mean, this is government out of control. You know, we obviously we need certain level of, uh, of security measures, but they're allowing their support for the general concept of, of security to cloud their judgment, and they're, they're willing to allow government, which is the same nature of government, whether it's doing national security or uh, regulating our air quality. A government is government. It's about force. So we've got to, we've got to limit those we've got to limit government at all levels. And and this assumption that if government doesn't do something, then it won't be done at all, which I I just don't, it's just crazy. I mean, do you think we wouldn't have roads if the government never provided roads? Do you think we wouldn't have schools? I mean, you think society would st- They just believe because government does something that it must do something do these things. And, and it's just a constant education process that doesn't seem to get anywhere. But hopefully someday uh, we'll have we'll, the pendulum will start swinging back in the other direction.
1: Maybe what has to happen, and maybe this will kind of be our closing thought here, is that a couple states need to become insolvent completely, default on their obligations, renegotiate their contracts. God forbid we might have an actual revolution of some sort. Maybe like an Atlas Shrugged, maybe the productive will go on strike. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But something has got to change. America's headed in a very, very scary direction. And it's so bloated, It, it just its collapsing under its own weight all over the place. It, it
3: does seem that way. And I think the fact, the fact is most of us, though, are, are affluent. And most of the time, you know, we get, we're, we're comfortable. And it's hard to, you know, until the money supply starts drying up. You know, until uh, I don't think we're going to see see any change, and I'm not advocating for hard times, but it does seem as if the you know these bad economic times. So it's only because of that. As anyone dealing with these long-term pension obligations and any of these other problems. So uh, it would be nice if we could get together and fix these issues or not create the problems to begin with. And, and I hear a lot from, from politicians who will say, well, what, are, what do we do about this pension issue? I'm like, well, you could have listened to me over the last 10 years when yet you, you voted for these things. It would have been nice to start by doing no harm. <laughs> then, yeah, yeah good point yeah so anyway it's it's well it's just I think at this point it's an intellectual exercise uh, trying to convince people of the need to reform these systems and and now that the taking advantage of of this down economy and and trying to force our governments to at least live within their means
1: well Steve where can people find out more about your work
3: yeah I have the cal watchdog that's watchdog.com website which is just a investigative a news uh, site uh, dealing with California politics so I encourage people to check that out as often as possible. It's all all about page views anymore. And also, uh, my book is called Plunder, How Public Employee Unions Are Raiding Treasuries, Controlling Our Lives, and Bankrupting the Nation. It's most easily uh, available on uh, Amazon. I uh, still do my uh, newspaper column, which you can see at the Orange County Register and the North County Times. They both have their websites. And I, i do some blogging for biggovernment.com, and uh, so find, you find my stuff around the web.
1: Excellent. Well, Stephen Greenhut, thank you so much for the insights, and thank you for joining us today. Keep up the good work.
3: Okay. Thanks for having me.
0: Will you be any closer to financial freedom in one year? Two days can make all the difference if you simply have the courage to take action on your dreams. Attend the Platinum Properties Masters Weekend and become a successful real estate investor. This two-day seminar is led by a panel of experts from around the country armed with the latest real estate investing techniques. You'll learn the smart way to choose your properties, how to grab every tax benefit the law allows, how to put together the most creative financing package possible, the hidden power of the 1031 exchange, and much more. The Platinum Properties Master's Weekend is coming to Costa Mesa, California, October 16th and 17th, 2010. The price of the door is nearly $1,500. However, if you register by May 1st, you pay just $497. For complete details and to register online, go to www.jasonhartman.com.
2: Thank you for joining us today for the Holistic Survival Show, protecting the people, places, and profits you care about in uncertain times. Be sure to listen to our Creating Wealth Show, which focuses on exploiting the financial and wealth creation opportunities in today's economy. Learn more at www.jasonhartman.com or search Jason Hartman on iTunes. This show is produced by the Hartman Media Company, offering very general guidelines and information. Opinions of guests are their own, and none of the content should be considered individual advice. If you require personalized advice, please consult an appropriate professional. Information deemed reliable, but not guaranteed.